No, no, no. He's, he's off today because I'm uh, after him. Huh? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm going to stick around for a bit. I'm not disturbing you too much now. Not disturbing you. I'm going to blend that one. Disturbing you. Good one. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'da sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu everybody. Good to be back and good to have you back. So, what we're going to do? Why, why is the thing on the other side? Anyway, that's fine. Okay. All right. So, alhamdulillah, I think it's been four weeks or something like that. I think the last time, no more even maybe, maybe more. Yeah. Well, it's not been four weeks that I've gone, but lesson I think hasn't been here for a while because one got cancelled on the way out, isn't it? Not cancelled, it got changed to a Friday or something. Yeah, and then there was two, three lessons and missions and stuff. But alhamdulillah, I finally made it back. But that was crazy, and how many times flights got cancelled and changed and schedule change and this and that, but alhamdulillah. And I brought back Yanni the book fair with me as well and killed myself in the process. Learned no lessons throughout my entire life. And I brought back like a hundred and something kilos. Fifty in my hand, by the way. 52 in my hand you know if any of those you know the killer is not that the killer is not allowing anyone to touch the bag in security just stressful enough as it is right and having to pick it up one hand trying to you know show that it's not heavy at all <laughs> it's 8kg <laughs> 8kg this year <laughs> bro trying to pick up 26 kilos bro do you even lift bro no, no, no. alright 
That's what I get, kept getting told, Divinifro. That's what the kids say, isn't it? Divinifro. Yeah? I think I lift now that I was picking out a 26 kilos like this, yeah? And you know, obviously, Manchester Airport, if you don't know, is the worst bus adda shed of an airport in the history of airport. And you think how much money we spent on that, how many years they've had to get that right. And for an airport that you come out and you've got to walk up stairs with bags and then walk flipping down again, like 20 steps later, that's some bit sharm of an airport it is. And you know if you arrive on that, I don't know what terminal, what's the terminal shares that you arrive with if you come from Terminal 5 in Heathrow? What's that terminal you arrive at? Terminal 1? Three. Oh, three, three, yeah. Right. Which has got one half of a belt. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah? Huh? Exactly that. Shaz, arrived here. Two flights arrived within five minutes. If there was one space to move, you know, basically, there's only obviously one line of people that can get close to the conveyor belt. It was about 15 people deep. So imagine the people at the back trying to work out whether their bags are even going around or not. So I said to myself, this is Bakwas, I just sat down, yeah? And I waited for an hour until the whole thing, you know, emptied. And then I just picked up my bag off the bed. There was no other way. Missions, you know, traveling these days is a complete... Manchester Airport. It is the... Anyway. SubhanAllah, never would we ever cuss Bishawar Airport ever again. Or even the old Saudi Airport ever again. Anyway. All right, we are on page 200 and I was about to say 81, but Mesa correctly has said 285. If we have a very, very special lesson, we might even finish this section. Not that, Yanni, that means much right now. Well done, Mesa. Just put a, a, a little link into the ch Telegram chat group for those folks who it's the first time for. All right, I'm going to read in Arabic what we're going to do today and then I'm going to give the English translation, yeah? This is at the top of 285. And actually, Shaz has put the text on the screen as well. Uh, I think uh, it has, yeah. So it starts actually on the fifth, yeah, the fifth line. That's the text. Yani I will translate that as we will one day get to actually translating it properly. One day. Inshallah. Oh, behave yourself. You no one asks you to speak. Allahu Akbar. Whoever sees a gap should enter it. Whoever sees a gap should enter it. Yeah? Should being used here to indicate the obligatory nature. Right? And if not, then he stands to the right of the Imam. This is the Hanbali position. Not its official madhab position, but of course, we know that in the madhab there are opinions. But this is the position of Imam Hijawi. Right? So the working text we're going with. Whoever sees a gap should fill it. And if not, then he stands to the right of the Imam. And if not, then he stands to the right of the Imam. If that's not possible for him, فَإِن لَمْ يُمْكِنْهُ If that's not possible for him to do that, then what he should do is to 
and yunabbih man yaqumu ma'ah yani he should alert someone to stand next to him he should alert someone to stand next to him to join him right he should give a shout out basically speak up hey is anyone or hey you there that kind of thing alright why would he do all of this because to keep maintaining consistency with this humbly position because if he for in fadhan if he prays by himself by himself meaning standing alone in the sof at the back because if he prays one unit in total, uh, like a minimum, minimum or maximum? He doesn't say that, I'm just trying to think. Minimum, maximum? Yeah, minimum. If he prays one unit by himself, the prayer is invalid. Meaning that he's got to try and make sure that maximum, yeah, not minimum, maximum. Maximum. I'm trying to work out what is a minimum, maximum. It's maximum. He's got to try to minimize the amount of time standing alone, according to them. Therefore, he's got to do it then before a uh, rakah is completed. So, the correct statement is, so if he stands alone and prays a rakah by himself, the prayer is invalid. وَإِنْ رَكَعَ فَضًّا ثُمَّ دَخَلَ فِي أَوْ وَقَفَ مَعَهُ آخَرَ قَبْلَ سُجُودِ الْإِمَامِ صَحَّتْ But, if he makes ruku'a, as a individual and then ثم, uh, so if he uh, this sounds weird but just bear with me if he uh, makes ruku' alone then joins the, the line the rest of the prayer line that's the first scenario or second scenario or someone stands with him before the Imam does sajda, someone joins him basically, the prayer is okay. The prayer is valid. Let me just explain the translation, then we'll go through his points. Because Shaykh Uthameen is going to go on a couple of tangents, here, some interesting stuff to discuss. What he's basically saying that the humbly position is, is that if there's a person who prays more than raka'ah alone, okay, uh, then that prayer is like invalid. The prayer is invalid, meaning that he didn't pray with the congregation and his prayer is invalid because he only made the intention to pray with the congregation. Now, just to make that clear, because someone asked that question last week, if this person comes into that scenario and prays by himself, then his prayer is fine. When we say his prayer is invalid, we mean his prayer is invalid because he didn't catch the congregation. He's not part of the congregation. We say his prayer is invalid because he only intended to pray the congregation. You get the point? Yeah. If he joined the congregation and joined it as a person praying alone, then his prayer is fine, didn't need to do anything anyway. Now, of course, who would do that? You can't do that anyway, but just we're just looking at the legals. So now this guy, he comes, and uh, if he prays more than raka'ah raka or more than raka'ah, then his prayer is not valid because he didn't pray the congregational prayer uh, because he didn't join it. And we've already covered our position very clearly, repeatedly. We've said that if a guy, the only time that that's going to be invalid is that he intentionally stands behind the line not you know, getting an opportunity, uh, 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 having the opportunity, sorry, to fill, to, to, to go forward, lots of space, but just starts to pray by himself alone. And that's unacceptable, right? Okay. But in all the scenarios that they're putting forward, they're saying it's not a problem. A person who needs to can pray alone. Now, but they're saying no. Person praying by himself alone, unacceptable. And they're giving that example. If he prays one rakah alone, the prayer is gone. However, if he does the rakah alone, but then enters the soft after that, then he's okay. And if the 
person comes and stands alone, doesn't actually, uh, he's uh, at any stage, at any point, whilst he's standing alone, and someone else comes and stands next to him, now there's a second person in the soft, it's now not a person standing by himself, and all of that happens before the Imam goes to sajda, he's also okay. This is the get out clause, basically. All right? Um, we'll come to all of this in its right uh, moment. All right. Nice to see you from T dot. Right, okay. So, back to 285. Um, at the bottom, Sheikh says, Furja. And the Furja is a gap. Right? Furuj. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Yeah, the famous hadith. Right? And that's where we get, or the Imam was turn around and say, Sawusufufakum. is the actual statement of the Prophet. Sawu means straighten your lines. Sawu Sufufakum. Istaw, right? Means straighten. Tadilu, straighten yourselves. Yeah? Tarasu. Tarasu again, a hadith of the Prophet. Tarasu means tight together, solid. Yeah? So indicating straightness as well. The second statement is different. Wasuddul Faraj. Sad means block. Yeah, said to close something. Yeah, said the We say in fiqh, right? we've covered that, haven't we? Blocking the means to something else, right? Said uh, that uh, as you recite in Surah Al-Kaf, yeah, and you were talking about yani, the wall and 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 the, you know blocking it up. Um, so, said yani means block or complete or hole up the al-furj, plural for furja, the gaps. So this is a command. So we have from the hadith al-Sahiha the clear obligation of filling up gaps. And, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, First complete the first row and then the next one. Exactly, Bunyanu Mursus, as Allah says in the Quran, that yani, in Surah Saf, the verse, the, the surah that was revealed, with the name of it being the battle line. A battle line is a very, very solid confident unit to indicate control discipline and also make it clear to the enemy that we're not messing about not a raggledy daggledy kind of you know everyone's all over the place but it's solid behavior so um the prophet said complete the first line first then the next line the hadith of the prophet whoever connects the line allah will then keep them connected i think i mentioned this last week but the point being that if a line is broken, you connect it. You bring, you bring the gaps together. And that's yani referring to many people. It's referring to the person at the back to step in. And it refers to the people in the line to close gaps as well. So the whole thing about the prayer line is closing gaps, keeping it complete. And the person who is avoiding that is in big trouble. All right. So the, the, the obligation is clear. Now what's going on here though, right? Um, it, it, the author is saying it's obligatory to do that. Alright? This is only the case obligatory if he doesn't have another person to stand with him. If there's a second person though, and this is the, 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 the important part, then you don't then go and close the gap because you're leaving my guy then on his own. So you stay with that guy. Now, this itself is questionable. This is, itself is questionable. I mean, I personally don't agree with this. And... I, I don't know whether Sheikh Uthameen is going to discuss that, I can't remember, but we'll, we'll, we'll speak about that in a second, okay? But Sheikh says, 
If he has another person with him, then he prays with him together. And if he is by himself, قام جميعا خلف الصف. Okay. Huh? One second. What? Uh, uh, so he will he has to enter the soft if he doesn't have anybody else to stand with him but if he does have someone with him okay and it is only one person okay i mistranslated that if he does have another person meaning only a second person then he stands with him but if it's two or more people then they are soft themselves why am i worried about them for i now go into selfish look after myself mode now i go and fill the gap but if he's got two other people three other people that's their own problem now they've got a valid a line behind okay um so i now go forward and fill the gap and there's something very interesting what sheikh says now he goes the reason that the author is saying this in this kind of manner is because um there are people that will see a gap and not go into it because they see it being ready made for somebody else you know that classic scenario where there's a guy behind the line and the obligatory prayer started and he's in his last moments in his nafal prayer yeah and the people in front can see that this guy's going to step forward and so they leave him a perfect size gap for that person now that's the scenario that's being said what the author is saying is that you don't wait for my guy you come straight into that gap gap that's the the point that's being made you come straight into that gap and fill it you're not waiting for that other guy okay um لأننا نقول لماذا لم يتقدم ويصلي فيها يعني الشيخ عثمان is not going to go on the offensive he says well why did my guy didn't stand at the front and pray there right why did he choose to pray at the back and if you knew that he wasn't going to be able to make the prayer يعني in time then he shouldn't have been doing it in the first place right so he should be at the front the people that uh, the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم uh, he said the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لو يعلم الناس ما في النداء وصف الأول ثم لم يجدوا إلا أن يستهموا عليه لاستهموا that if the people knew the excellence of um, uh, the uh, um, the adhan, to give the adhan, I mean, and if people knew the excellence of being in the first row, and that they knew that they could only achieve the right of being in the first row or making the adhan by by casting lots, by you know whatever, uh, then they would have done that if they if they knew they'd be that desperate. You know when someone really wants it and they say, come on then, we can't agree on it, so let's call lots. Yeah? So they would have done that if they knew. But they don't know. So that's why people don't respect the other, not, don't rush to give it, don't rush to be there early. People don't care about the front row as much as they should. So the front row is an important uh, uh, thing that needs to be protected. Um, and this guy, should have, you know, he should have thought of that himself. And, um, you know, he's got to time his arrival better. He's got to be there earlier and finish early and then the front row should just be people making dua waiting for the uh, iqam and that's it. So if you see that, you should step forward and do it. Then he has the caveat and says, but of course, if you fear there's going to be a fitna, there's going to be a fight, there's going to be some, you know, kind of missions, then of course you will, uh, then it's okay. All right, because the jama'ah, the whole point of the jama'ah is to bring hearts together. Limasalih azimah. There are benefits, of course, and of course, if you're going to, then lead to that uh, and you left it to avoid that then Sheikh Uthameen says I hope that you will get the reward of the front row based upon your intention of not wanting to cause fitna that you were going to take it but there was going to be some beef so I left it and that guy then goes and takes it you stand behind but you'll get the reward as if you're standing in the front which I think is a nice point 
um, and the, the obligation of him entering that line is all the hadith that I just mentioned, all the hadith that I just mentioned, um, and all of these are narrated. Uh, you can see that at the bottom of page two hundred eighty-six. If not, if there is no gap, and you are the only person now left alone, what's left to do? The author says, go and stand next to the imam on the right-hand side. Go and stand next to the imam on the right-hand uh, side. And the evidence for this that they're using is a hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas, we've covered up many times. He came and stood next to the Prophet on his left in the night prayer, nafal prayer, of course. So then we pull, he pulled him around behind him put him next to himself on the right. So we now know that when there's two people that are praying together, one stands on the left, the Imam, other guy stands on the right. Therefore, Imam al-Hajawi said that in the obligatory prayer, we're in a jama'ah, you can't find no space, go and stand to the uh, right-hand side. Sheikh Uthameen says, I don't know man, about that. I don't know about that. Fihi nadar, right? Not happy with that. Because, um, and he mentions a number of reasons. And I have to say, he's absolutely spot on. He goes, the, uh, he goes, first of all, we've got a problem here. This position for the right-hand side of the imam is a position for one person. The whole incident occurred when there was only two people. This is different. This is a whole masjid full of people. So to make the ass from what happens when there's two people to what happens when there's a hundred people, not happy with that at all. And it has also, he carries on, not been narrated from the Prophet and also it has not been narrated from the Prophet that anyone ever prayed by his side when there was a jama'ah and there were lines, except one time. What was that one time? No, no. Tahajjud is the. Uh, I, I, I mean, sorry. Just make it clear. You're right. Let me just make clear the question again. Sheikh Al-Tamim is asking the question. It's not been narrated of him doing that whilst there are lines. Not, not ever happening. Correct. All right. This is in the, the fatal illness of the Prophet. And he wasn't going to come out. Abu Bakr had clear instructions to lead the prayer. He's at the front. We spoke about this a couple of months back. We've spoken about it sporadically here and there. And so he's leading at the front. Prophet ﷺ feels a bit of relief. He comes out. He goes and stands next to the Prophet ﷺ on the left of Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Khan then sits down and then he leads the prayer. Abu Bakr is, is on the right acting as like the uh, whatever, that, whatever that actor or I don't know deputy or I don't know whatever and they're looking at Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and they're copying him this is the exception to the rule that's the only time that it happened and that happened only because the Prophet ﷺ was taking position as an imam okay as a imam all right correct Warda yeah correct exactly right anyway Sheikh said that but this was a necessity like in Hadi al-mas'ala darura al-mas'ala darura la'an Abu Bakr laysaf lahuma kan fi saf this is clearly a necessity otherwise Abu Bakr al-Siddiq would not have stood there but what was he going to do? Yani cut through all of the lines to go to the back right? the prayer's already started you know, so, I mean, what was he going to go? so khalas, he stays where he is and he was performing a function as well for the Prophet 
All right? That Shaykh Al-Tamin says he was actually because Prophet was so weak, uh, he was actually standing at the front going Allahu Akbar and loudly so the people could follow. So Sheikh says that it's clear then that this is that, 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 that these scenarios are different. A person praying by himself and, and these scenarios of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and the situation where this cannot be yani, used to establish this position. And he goes, I'll add to that. He goes, I'll, and, uh, I'll add to that. Uh, يعني, uh, he's an imam. An imam is a leader. And you can't share the leadership. You can't have two people at the front being a leader. The whole point is in front of the people is that he's one, alone, singular, unique. So you're going against just the concept of the uh, uh, imam as well. Okay? Uh, he says that. He goes, and also, if we were to say, listen, go to the front, look at the issues that are caused by this. He goes, the first one, this person's going to have to cut through all of the people and step over them. Right? Now, this is often described in the hadith as stepping over the necks of the people. Right now, that might not always be that they're in sajda. Of course, that's what will happen. A lot of people wait for that because when they're in sajda, they've got more space, right, to make movements. People time it, right? But you are doing that. You're, you're stepping on their necks, right, and over their necks. And of course, you could fall and there could be problems and, and whatever. But just this practice without any consequences, regardless if there are consequences, but even without consequences, is something not allowed. Because as the Prophet ﷺ said, while he was giving the Jum'ah khutbah from the member, a person was doing that, and he said, Ijlis, Yani, sit down where you are, well, not where you are, meaning he was saying to him, just stay where you are, but he's already done it, yeah, a couple, and he's trying to get to the front. Because you've harmed people, and you're late. Late comers don't deserve anything except where you Ah, now there's a big discussion, by the way, and not this level of fiqh, at a deeper level of fiqh, yani in the, amongst the fuqaha, or what's the ruling on actually doing that? Is it haram or is it makru? And the majority of the scholars are upon the opinion that it's makru, not haram. Because they're saying that he's got a reason, that the reason is that there's a gap, and the gap yani, should be filled at the front. But the difference here is that the prayer has not started. This is just sitting down scenario. This is not one of those situations. And Ibn Taymiyyah and Shaykh Uthameen and a number of scholars, they consider it to be you know, fully haram to do this because of the ahadith that are on the uh, matter. Um, Allahu A'alam, I have to say that the, the position of the majority has, has strength. If there is no choice but to do that, if there's no space, but there's then space at the front, then what else is a person meant to do? So that is... The, the other side. You know, it's all good and well us saying, well, why are you late? But the truth is, people are late. And if people are late and it's completely full, what are they meant to do? And I also think that the, the Jum'ah situation is, you know, to be considered a lot more flexible. And again, fiqh has to be uh, uh, realistic as well. Okay? Fiqh has to be realistic. This is not a Muslim country. It's not warm and dry all the time doesn't have yani, you know, the kind of setup that we've got large areas outside where we just keep extending the soft and whatever whatnot okay and ours is a very much in the west is a very much an internal thing and if you don't get it outside then people would rather wait you know than to pray in the rain or pray in the x or y it, it, like you've got to be practical um, 
But the hadith is clear. The Prophet ﷺ said, listen, you're late, you sit right there. I and mean, so many hadith encouraging people to be early, it makes sense, right? That if you're missing all the encouragement and then missing the whatever, then you deserve to stay exactly where you uh, are. Yes. So that's the reason why the scholars went on the majority of kiraha. They were kind of making out that look, a person he has the 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 uh, permission if it is absolutely no space. In that scenario, he does. Assalamu alaikum. Lala, uh-huh. you okay? It's a lo- good thing I'm not a rock, you know that. Because if I was a rock, then we'd have problems. Because <laughs> if I was a, if I was a rock, there'd be issues. Breeze block, man. Breeze block. Your house was built of breeze blocks. You put in Bagheret, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Breeze blocks, yeah, are the first part of the foundation of the house. They are the rock insulation. This guy has not got a clue about building. Have you heard this? Breeze blocks are so strong. Don't you try and make... But Don't you dare go into reverse now. Don't you dare... No, they're not. Oh, you know what? It's great. Just carry on speaking against the architect and the architect. Please, Mazita, please correct him. Mazita, please, please. For the love of God, yani, alhamdulillah, you are sitting right there laughing your brains out. I should turn the camera around, just look at Mazita's face. She's about to burst. Look at this. Mazita, tell him, what's the breeze block there for? It's, it's the internal cavity. Allahu Akbar! What does that mean? <laughs> it's a concrete block, all right? Don't you dare, don't you dare. Why did you, you couldn't think of a better word than to say insulation and give him his whole life back? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. The insulation does that. Did you hear that? What do you think the insulation does? You could put some wood up here on the other side if you really want to create a layer. What's your answer to that? What do you think the breeze block is there for? Huh? You could put a piece of paper up on the other side if you just want to hold insulation in. You think that you'd be used a massive mahusive block like that just to hold in insulation? You thought that's what it was function? Correct, yeah? <laughs> I love it when Shaz's blessing gets done. Anyway, although he came at me, man. He came at me. I told you before, when you come at the king, you best not miss, bro. Best not miss. Two architects. Well, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought? Right. You guys want the the, 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 the ones that kill your teeth or the, the ones that don't kill the teeth? Chief, give that to them. Right. That? Oh, well, that, that will stay right here then. Oh, what a surprise. It's a chocolate one. Oh, there we go. There you go, Chief. Right. So... Thank you, Marina. Never. Argue. It's not even whether she's right or not. How dare anybody argue with Mazita? Never argue with Mazita. Hope like this. Right. So, um, before we got Yanni Breeze blocked out of the situation, this is the problem, right? I'm just, you always cause fitna when you come. You've never, uh, Ajmal, whatever. 
Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since you've been here, I've forgotten your name, bro. Let me tell you something. You never come to this class except you cause fitna. Never. Maybe happiness as well, but happy fitna. Now, happy fitna. <laughs> well, obviously there is because you created it. It's a whole genre that's created purely by you. Happy fitna. MashaAllah, Tabarakar Rahman. Right. Sheikh then says, um, he goes, and can you imagine? He goes, if we allow this, right, in a masjid, there'll be people climbing all over there because once you've got one guy on the right, then we're going to need a guy on the left. Sah? You've invited that whole situation. Then another guy on the right, then another guy on the left. And then it's just going to, he goes, it'll be chaos. And he goes, we never saw this happen with the Sahaba or the Tabi'een. We never saw it happen in the congregation. So, what's going on? You want some sweets, Shaz? It's become pretty sh Shaz, ah, Shaz, listen, I'm not like that. Come and look after your guy, man. What are you guys being like that for, man? Honestly, no, I'm, I'm not joking, Shaz don't eat sweets. Shaz is a real rock, mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. Look how much weight he's lost, mashallah. Look at him, he's an athlete. Allah Akbar. Are you still doing your walking, sir? You're still walking? Is it, yeah? Right. Um, now Sheikh then says, but of course, if we're in a situation where it's not a normal masjid, no, no real kind of space or anything like that, then, you know, it, it might be permissible for a person to, to do that. Wala basan yaqif ila gambil imam. Gambil imam. Jambil imam. This is, Egypt's got to my head. Right? So, uh, uh, if you're in a scenario where there's very, very little space, you will then go to the, to the front and it's allowed for you to do that. Um... فَإِذَا قُلْنَا بِأَنَّهُ لَا يَقِفْ عَنْ يَمِينَ الْإِمَامِ فَمَاذَا يَعْمَلُ فَالْجَوَابَنِ يُسَلِي خَلْفَ الصَّفُ وَحْدَةِ He goes, but, but in a normal scenario, where it's a masjid, if we're not going to tell him to go and stand by the right-hand side of the imam, what we're going to tell him, we're going to say, pray by yourself in the line. We've already established that. That if the lines are full, the next step is not go to the imam. The next step is pray by yourself alone, you know, in the... Uh, in the next uh, line. Right, the next question, the next point then, he says, And if that's not possible either, neither to get to the front because it's too far away, and it's yani, uh, uh, and there's space at the back, but there's nobody there, then he should make an announcement. Make an announcement or bring the attention of the situation to someone. Now you need to think about this, right? Because there's a nice discussion that can come off this, right? Uh, you know, when you had, whenever I see you, I, I feel so stressed. Did I respond to you or not? Oh, thank God for that. You know, when you see someone, you think, oh my God. Happens a lot. Honestly. Just bear stress there, bro. Because that was exactly the same thing happened to me when I saw you last time in school. I said, oh my God, did I respond to you or not? Right. So, um, so he goes, and sometimes it might not be possible because the imam standing inside the mihrab. Right? There's no space to stand to his right hand side. Right? So that's another uh, uh, situation. So he, he should say, hey, so-and-so, just come back. Right? And, you know, we spoke about this, that, you know, you can speak to people. So your mom, yani, when she was doing that when you were young, yani, that wasn't some bid'ah. My mom, your mom speaks to you, yeah, in Salah? Yeah, mom used to chat to me full. Full. You dog, I saw you didn't pray yani, before, whatever, don't try and blag it now. Why are your feet dry? You didn't make wudu. This, that, whatever. 
That's in the bad moods. In the good moods, it's come down quickly. Yeah, food's ready. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you were sit, you were watching this. How old were you? And the guy was like man man. But he wasn't responding though. He wasn't responding. I said, why are you speaking to me? Praying. He goes, tell us when finished. Sick guy. <laughs> sick guy. Nah, bro, that's not weird. So when my mom used to be praying as kids, if you want swimming, she would ask her during prayer. So just to get rid of her, she just nod, then we'd go away. So that was the easiest thing. Nod in the salah. <laughs> you see now get, that. Can I pray outside? Can I? Were you lot taking like advantage, like knowing that she can't go full no on us now? So might as well blag the the, the request now. Like, right. To be honest, I don't think there's too much wrong with that. Really? <laughs> think about it. It's like giving salam. Yeah, Annie. To be honest, I've done exactly that. I've done exactly that. I told you guys in uh, that, that story. Oh, well, I must have said it in fiqh salah. I was praying. I was working in a pharmacy, and um, uh, I was praying in the storeroom. And the storeroom is the room where a person obviously keeps the extra medication that they've not got upstairs in a dispensary. And if I'm going to go to pray, they're going to dispense in the meantime and I'm going to come back and check it. So they're still taking prescriptions in and I'm praying. So one of the girls comes down, and I've closed the door, it's on a small room, and she comes in to get the extra drugs, whatever. She comes straight in and she's like, oh, first of all, right? And... And I'm like, when she sees me, I'm, I didn't respond and I'm in whatever, whatnot. She thinks, oh, this is fine. And she's about to go across me to get the medication. Now, shara'an, what's there? We know you put the hand up, right? Actually, by the way, something which is, uh, 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 something which has come to my mind, the Prophet didn't actually say, put your hand up. Okay? The, he said that you, the person should be stopped, right? And first time, second, and then fought on the third time because they are shaitan. So the actual specific action is something which has been taken by watching companions and tabi'in, right? But the hadith itself would indicate that there's some kind of laxity in how you stop someone. Now, I'm not going to be, you know, white girl, miskina, 20 years old, have a heart attack on a clothesliner, Yeah. <laughs> Because it's not even like she's walking slow. She'd be like rushing across kind of thing. So I specifically remember I said, five minutes. And she goes, oh, okay, I'll come back later. She actually said, out. I'll come back later. What did she do? You five minutes. No, did you say five minutes? No, no, oh, I just went like that, five minutes. That's completely different to someone else What are you talking about? What's the difference? She did far less. Mum went... They said, can we go out? She went, that's it. She goes, can I go across? I said, five minutes. My hand was more movement saying five minutes versus one nod saying yes or no. Time to break your prayer, so there's more stuff that you can do. But it's here, 
Yeah, that's true. The circumstances are different, meaning that there's a risk to the prayer. There was no risk to the prayer there. But the more fundamental question should be, is there space to do things that are not essential in the prayer? Answer is yes. We spoke about going to sajda, if you remember, and it being particularly hot. We said you can put something down that doesn't kill you if, if it's hot. We also spoke about something being dirty. We said that one wipe is something which is permissible, which has been narrated. Not yet, it's come complete madness. Let's think of other examples. Um, what other examples do we have? Could I have given the medication to her? Let me think, Yanni, on what basis that would have been. No, I don't think that's that difficult. You can work out what that. That's easy, man. Uh, could I have given it to her? Would I have given the medication to her? Um, huh? It wouldn't have been a lot of movement. I mean, if you consider the kind of movements that I would do in a normal congregation, right? I will often move and make my body like this and then go like that. I do that often to allow people to go through. In line with the hadith of the Prophet that the best of you are those that are softest in shoulder. Softest in shoulder means you need to move. Right? Not to go, you're not going past. But rather the opposite. If you want to get past, get past. The whole point is to maintain the hayah of the prayer. Right? That I'm... That, what if someone I always said that someone was to snapshot you at that moment, yeah, does it look like you're in prayer or not? And that's when you know you're safe. Whether you're filling a gap with one to two steps, like in the madahib generally across the Imams, the Hanafis especially, they don't allow you to take more than two steps to fill a gap. Right? We're talking about a prayer line, we're talking about prayer being established, I mean. So you're in the line praying and the other line in front in front of you. Now what do they say? They say you can't take two steps because two steps is walking and one step is not. But they also say that if you need to take two steps, you take one step and you stop, then you take another step. You know, the whole point being that you don't make it look like that you are walking, but that you're praying. Indicated, yeah. No, no, uh, when he... The Prophet indicated to him, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but actually also the hadith, also the hadith. No, I didn't say stop. Suraya's guy, like I didn't say stop. I said like that. Five minutes. Um, no, no, like that, that stop. I I said. But. My nurse came to my room once to get a script signed and thought I was passed out on the floor, Bachadi. Miss Kim. Said Yan it was locked down, Bachadi. This happened a lot. It literally happened last week. The nurse fully thought I was in sujood. I'd gone down from standing up to record to sujood and the nurse fully thought I fainted and called somebody else. Don't say that. Why are people that ignorant? That's crazy. That's crazy. But I mean, in that scenario, what would happen? 
Are you going to cut your prayer? Of course not. You're going to stand up, you're going to say, and carry on. You're going to carry on. Right? You look at the hadith of, uh, the, the, uh, Shaz reminds me, the hadith that we're actually discussing here, by the way. We are discussing the hadith without discussing the hadith. All of the fiqh is about the hadith of Abu Bakrata radiallahu an. Hadith of Abu Bakrata is what? He came into the masjid, he's the one who went into ruku' at the door. And he started walking in ruku' because he didn't want to miss the raka'ah. So he starts the prayer back there, then he joins the saf after. That's why the, the fiqh statement says that if a person goes into ruku' alone but then joins the saf before the imam goes for sajda, his raka'ah is fine. Where did they get that from? From that hadith. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ, once the prayer finished, turned round and said, I love your enthusiasm. Like I love your zeal to not miss the jama'ah. Don't do it again. And the hadith was all, or the fiqh was all about, don't do what again? Don't go for ruku' whilst you're standing alone. Don't walk whilst you're in ruku'ah. Don't, yani, the scholars differ over that. But in principle, that's the, the asal hadith. So, he did walking in the ruku'a and the Prophet ﷺ didn't make him repeat the prayer again. Listen, I don't think it's a big deal, a bit of movement. Yeah, go on. Um, so I just want to know how many So which direction would it be? Where is the gap? going to be in front of you, isn't it? Yeah. Like where else was the gap going to be? What, what other gap were you thinking of? Um, what, next to you? Yeah, if, you're ne if, it's, if it's next to you, move to the side, right? No, no, you don't, you don't fill up gaps behind you. Only gaps in, in front of you. Only gaps in front of you. Right, okay. So, yeah, I think that, like I said, uh, the ishara, I'm just trying to think of other isharas of some sort. But my mind is not processing a couple. Ali bin Abi Talib smacking the life out of the guy behind who pulled his, uh, pulled his shoulder. Um... On occasions, though, uh, you didn't say that every day, did you? Yeah, but that's just a pack, innit? That's taking a, we're not going to take that fiqh, and that's taking liberties. That's liberties, innit? But, yeah, no, no, I'm okay with that. All right. Yeah. But sometimes that's a mission as well, you know. I mean, if you're in a department, for example, going around telling everybody, normally you tell the person who's your co kind of, you know what I mean? And, 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 and then that's it. But I mean, you know, listen, in the kind of environments that we're in, there's no way that you can always protect against the, you know, the unlikely kind of, like on a plane, right? Like when I, when I decide to make a decision of when to pray on a plane, I'm always thinking of the variables. It's never just a case of, right, I'm sitting down here or uh, um, I'm now waiting for the, uh, I'm now in the um, direction of the Qibla, right? So that's now, or going east at least, yeah? You've got you to do more than that. You've got to think about, are they going to do a drink service? Are they going to do a check? They, they want to come and ask you what you want to eat. They're going to, whatever it is, or serving food. Right? It's no point just telling the guy next to you, listen, I'm going to pray, when the girl on the f left is coming and opening up your tray and 
putting things down and whatever, whatnot. So there's always going to be some kind of, uh, uh, you know, situation. See, that's a good point. You see, Marina's made a really good point there. You see, the prayer mat itself is not only not a sunnah, but actually arguably a bid'ah. There's no doubt that it's more of a problem than it is a solution, right? Or a sunnah, certainly. It's not a sunnah at all. To use a prayer mat is actually adding an added extra level of complexity to a simple prayer and also making the prayer mat itself almost kind of fundamental in this act of worship and we've got to avoid that and that's why fiqh is so uh, important to be relevant because on the other hand if the prayer mat is something that no one believes for a minute is fundamental to the prayer people only use it so that their clothes don't get dirty for example because the floor is not kept clean especially with non-Muslims around and not caring and whatever, for example. And exactly for this reason here, to indicate to other people that you're not dying, <laughs> right? That you haven't fainted, but I'm actually praying. That's as good a reason for you to use a prayer mat as it gets. I mean, it really is actually, if you think about it. So that's an excellent point. Um, clapping. So if you look at the, yeah, clapping. Clapping is a good point. <coughs> In fact, clapping is an excellent example because the scholars differed over when does a person make fath on an imam, yani correct the imam, right? There's a discussion amongst the fuqaha that does it have to be when the meaning is changed or does it mean every time they make a mistake? Yeah? If it's going to be every time they make a mistake, then that's a big statement. And others said that no, it's only to be done if the meaning has significantly been butchered kind of thing. Which means that the clapping and the saying of subhanallah by the male and the clapping of the woman has some kind of uh, whatever, right? Has some flexibility, I mean. So I'm okay with that. I was in Italy, said I need a room for a call, given a room. And the person whose room it was came in and I panicked, picked up my phone. <laughs> you see, that's good. That's good. That was too much, bro. Come on, man. Started talking. Come on, bro. That was a bottle job, that was. You so bottled that hardcore. The, 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 the differentiation, ishara of some sort is just about okay. But clearly talking. Talking is off the, off, off the thingy. I mean, talking is not allowed at all. There's no doubt about that. Okay? Tasbih, extra tahmeed, tasbih is something which is allowed. But talking. But then you've just said if, if you want to encourage someone to come and join you, you just, because you're on your own. No, no, this guy isn't praying. He's not praying yet. Right, you don't. Yeah, 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 correct, yeah. This text is referring to a guy who's walked up to the prayer line, looking around, can't find any gaps, and knows that there's no one behind him, no one in the wudu area. He's going to end up praying alone. The Hamblis are very strict on this issue. They're saying, well, you know what? Tell someone. And you tell that person, you can either call him by name. So he goes, for example, uh, you say to him, uh, where did he say? One second. Uh, uh, one second here. Uh, hey, so-and-so, come back. Jazakallah khair. Pray with me. Yeah? yeah and making indication. So he tells him very clearly. And the guy hears. Right? And think, uh, anyway. So, go on. Okay, you, you're done. Alright, let's move on. So the real question for me is that what's going to happen if my guy does that? Because I tell you right now, that that was one whole sentence that guy wasted from his life. Because that's gone in my ear and out the other. Like, 
I'm, well, you think I'm going to come back from where I am to join you? Well, what did I do? You know what I'm saying? And that's what Sheikh Uthameen asks. Is, it, is he obligated, al-munabbah, meaning the one who got called, is it obligatory upon my guy to come back? They said, the Hanabila and some of these scholars, he must go back. Now that he's been called, he must go back to authenticate and validate the prayer of his mate. He's called him his mate. Not my mate. Yani, Yani, his companion. Hey, my companion told me I don't know him from John. I mean, not that John. You know what I mean? So, he goes, there are two issues now that we've got to deal with. The issue with the guy and the issue of the... the, the I mean, like, when you discuss this, yeah, and what are the matters that we need to consider legally? Um, so, so, we've got the situation of the guy and he's telling another person. That's the first scenario. And then the people who have just heard this person be called. Like there's, there's, there's two areas that we need to look at. Um, the first one is the guy who does the calling. Do we need to obligate him to be calling other people? Right? That's the first question. Does he need to be doing, does he need to go to that level? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, that, that, that part's irrelevant. Whether it's a full sharh, full explanation, you know, grabbing a guy, tapping his, whatever. Sheikh says correctly. So, Zallah khair, Allah yarhamu. He goes, yani, if, we, we, uh, if we're making him do that, we're putting him in a difficult position. We're putting him in a difficult position. We're talking about the position, the, the guy, I mean, the, the one who's speaking. We're putting him in a, ahrajahu, yani, we're, we're putting him in an awkward scenario because you're asking like a question which is not nice, yani. you know what I mean? You can't put lipstick on a pig. And what kind of question is that? Hey, do you want to leave your position from the front and come join me? Like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a blameworthy situation. It's, yani, he goes that he's been put into a weak position and he's now, he's now requested a favor. Right? And so now he owes the other guy. He's put himself in that scenario. And I, I just want you to remember something. Sheikh Uthameen says that as a very kind of offhand comment. But this is the beauty of, of scholars, that they say something very simple, but actually it has a big thing behind it. You're not meant to be in the favors of other people, by the way. A lot of people take that very lightly. You know? Hey, do this for me. Do that for me. Do that for me. Whatever, whatnot. And you're just building up favors, favors. You know, the Muslim, the believer is someone who tries to do everything themselves as much as possible. As much as possible. It's allowed, of course, yeah, and it's a request when you're in need. And of course, it's a sunnah to be fulfilling the favors of people. But to be continuously asking for them doesn't put you in the right, yani, this is not the, the integrity. Your integrity is being damaged here. Sheikh Uthameen makes this a point that if a person is yani, depending upon somebody else, to come back and save them, whatever, whatnot. You're just again falling into that self-perpetuating situation. Okay? He goes, and not only that, can you imagine if we put a uh, saying that you gotta say that? What would happen in the salah in a masjid? People coming in and you know, all say, Hey, you come back, you come. can you imagine like you know, like imagine this salah as it is right now, and then this parallel universe where we've got people coming in and hey, bro, come back, man. I'm on my own. <laughs> 
It'd be madness, like. It'd be a whole different setup. We'd create this artificial kind of craziness, right? And um, also, we've got to say that this has never been seen from the companions of the Tabi'in. We don't have it, so why are we add, adding it, all right? Secondly, the issue is uh, 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 about the other people. Yani, the rest of the people. But in it's not yani, obligatory for them to come back. So if I get told, I don't have to move. Alright? I don't need to move. And the reason I don't need to move is because if we were to obligate upon him that you've got to come back, if he doesn't come back, then he is sinful. And to say that another person is sinful is a legal statement that requires delil. And there isn't. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, te- has said, وَلَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وَزِرَ أُخْرَى And that no soul bears the burden of another person. Well, what did I do that I've suddenly come yani, to the morning to the masjid and ended up sinful? Because yani, muggins come late and I'm the one who ends up sinful. It's an absolutely fabulous point. Now where can you obligate another guy to have to respond to that? And of course, you know the story of Ali when, when you know, he was not asked, but he was like tapped politely and a little bit of a drag back on his shoulder and you know, that irritated him. He turned around and slapped the guy. Right? So clearly not obligatory, neither from principle and neither because of the uh, uh, and, and actions as well. Now, and then he says something so nice and honestly, I, I want to I do a khutbah on this subject. He says to him, just like you are not obligated to go and buy a bottle of water for a person who comes to you and says, I don't have water to make wudu. I want you to think about this statement. Okay? Because people don't understand that, right? So we know that you, you to make wudu, you've got to have water. The only time tayammum is allowed is when the water is absent. There is no water. The water that you have for drinking can't be replaced and so therefore it's going to threaten your drinking water and third that the use of the water will completely damage you in a meaningful way significant way that's the only time that you go to uh, 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 and Tiyamum has been legislated to help a person out in all of these three scenarios you could add a caveat and say when you're in these scenarios uh, sorry you could uh, you could uh, obligate that a person should not allow another person to get into that uh, situation. Remember we discussed this year two, three, whatever, when it came to the purchasing of water. Do you remember we said that, right? We spoke about what kind of prices would be acceptable to pay. And what if the person was charging a lot? And you remember that I said that you don't pay above the odds. You know, so if you, for example, see that um, you can make wudu, but you're in Kensington, for example, and the bottle of water is like three quid or something. Three flipping quid. I'm making tiyamum every day of the week, bro. Three squids. It's a 30pp bottle of water. Shazidim's buying that bottle of water there and then, by the way. He's buying that bottle of water. One for the wudu. Second one just to keep in his car to show this is drink. This is what I drink. <laughs> by the way, whenever I drive a Shazidim, mashallah, the kind of stuff that you find in his car, my goodness. 
Selfridges little cheeky bit of salted caramel, bit of sea salt, be over chocolate. This is in his car, imagine what's in the house. That's in his car, imagine what's in his house. This is just public consumption. What about in his house? The, oh, bro. Mashallah, mashallahumma zid wa bariki. I, my, my eyes and ears, they become, I, I grow as a person, physically. <laughs> but education-wise, when I'm with Shazad Slim, there are new tastes, new ideas. So I can imagine that you buy two, one for the thingy, or one about it. Bro, I've got the three quid, Thana. I've got the three quid. I'm not required to pay three quid to buy a bottle of water. But there are some scholars that are obligated, yeah. They said that if you're able to, you're able to. And that's, this is the point I want to make. Are you obligated to go and give your water to that person? Obligated, we're talking. If you did it, it's a nice act, that's fine. Right? But are you obligated? The answer is no. He says that. I am not obligated to either buy water for him as a sadaqah or for me to go and bring him water. You don't have water. This act of worship is linked to you, not to me. You've got your own yani, set of, of principles. And when you don't have water, you can make wudu. There's not, if you don't have water, the other guy's got to buy it. Where's the other thing that, where other, uh, the time I've spoken about this before is in the issue of Hajj and Umrah. you got these people who will yani, um, be wanting to make sure other people go to Hajj and Umrah. Now, unless there is a, a sadaqah kind of imperative behind it, the idea, this became, this became more of a, what's the word, um, a thing, I think after last year or the year before, when they shot the prices up big time. Right? So, and I mean, I, I, have, I don't know. I, I, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. But if I look at the price of the hotel, the cost of hotels have doubled, by the way. And I don't mean that in the rhetorical doubled. I mean, they've actually doubled. Right? <coughs> honestly, it's dizzy when I see the prices of Umrah at the end of the year. Hotels have gone to war against the, the average Joe, Joe public. Right? And... This is the second stage. They did that two years ago after the one year ago, whatever, after the COVID hit them. And now you see what's going to happen. And the question was, what was the question? The question was, huh? So then there was like this three and a half, four grand kind of increase suddenly, but like two years ago or one and a half years ago on the Hajj price and people were like losing their mind over it. There's two types of losing the mind or your mind, legitimate and illegitimate. The legitimate one is to cuss yani, those thingies for uh, taking advantage of the people and doing zulm. That's what we should be doing. Yeah, and calling them out and whatever. The second type of losing your mind, Hajj is so expensive, whatever. Bro, Hajj was always meant to be expensive. And water was always meant to be tough to get hold of. And getting to the front of the prayer line is always difficult. This is yani, the incorrect one. People, unfortunately, in the West, so arrogant that they expect Hajj and Umrah to be a norm. Bro, Hajj is no joke, man. Right? That's why it's obligated only upon once. That's why it is one of the unique acts of worship that you yourself don't need to make effort to get hold of the money for. It's on excess money. So imagine that acts of worship fall into different categories. Those which you have to do what is needed to get it done. 
like salah, whatever it takes. Yeah? Then those acts of worship that have caveats where you don't need to then go to certain levels. So wudu would be that example. So do you have to make wudu with water to the extent that you've got to pay 20 quid to buy a bottle of water? Answer is no. Yeah? Do you have to pay 20 quid to get your salah done if you had no other option? Yes. You get my point? There's no second stage after salah. There is a second stage after wudu. It's called tiyamu. Hajj would be in the third category. Not only not obligated to gather the money, let alone ask someone else to lend you the money. You're not even obligated to say to yourself, because we said this before, right? You've heard me say that if you're working a 39-hour week and you're earning 20 grand a year, 30 grand a year, and you realize, bloody hell, I can't do hajj like this, I have to now do hajj. And to do hajj, I have to now uh, increase my hours to 45 hours. And that way I'll be able to collect enough in two years. So, question now. Am I obligated to work 45 hours a week? You get my point? Yeah? That will lead me to be able to do hajj in three years. Answer is no. You're not obligated to change your normative working condition. Or to obligated to save the money. But if you have the money and you're not doing hajj, then you are in big trouble. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah? So, this is a really uh, good point that he makes. And uh, I like it. Now the real question is, is there any chance of us getting to the end of this or am I just going to rush it? Is that not the same for water? The question is not shouldn't. You know, you just reminded me that in one of the trailers for Fiqh Salah, the whole trailer is about the word, the, the, the whole point was meant to be, the, the, the recording thing was, I was meant to be speaking about praying uh, on the train. And the whole thing turned into whether Islam has the word should or not. I was looking at it and I, I'm walking along and it starts recording. And by the time I get to the train station, basically nothing's been said. And the whole discussion is about the word should. Should is the ho most horrible word that we have in Islamic fiqh in English. We don't have it. Right? Because either we recommend someone to do something or they're obligated. And the word should is like somewhere in between. You know what I mean? You're not sure. If you say you should, should I do this? Normally when you say should I do this, you're indicating like, is it the right thing to do? Or is it obligated upon me? So the point we're talking about is obligation, not about what you should do. Of course, if a person has money and they spend that money on their wudu, uh, their natsiyani, showing some respect and showing some concern and showing the right kind of characteristics. But are we obligated? Am I obligated to help you out? No. But if I decided to, sick guy. Right? So that's the, 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 the point here. Okay, I know, I think we've gone on long. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll, uh, we'll pause it, I think, uh, right there. So he ends this point, which I feel really good. He goes, This is the sentence that he finishes the class off with. فالعبادات على العابد نفسه أما غيره أما غيره فهو في حل منها. Alright. يعني when it comes to completing acts of worship, that's only upon the worshipper himself, not upon other people. Not upon other people. Okay. I think it's really important that it's good, good point. Alright, let's do questions or any odds and ends. Is it?
So let's do announcements first and then uh, we'll do the questions. Um, so the first announcement is next week's lesson online, guys. Yeah, uh, it's going to be at uh, 10 past 8. Between 5 and 10 past 8 because the Jama'ah is turning to 7.45. So those people who are local, 7.45 next week. It's only going to be the one lesson because lesson after that is going to be from Mecca, inshallah. The lesson after that will be here, inshallah. Maybe even the one after that as well. But just next week, just be aware of that time change. Um, the second uh, announcement is for those folks that have not had or been to Dominion. I'm going to be teaching that this Saturday evening in Bradford, at the University of Bradford in the Student Union Hall there. So you can just go to almaghrib.org slash dominion. That's going to start at 5 p.m. Okay, and it's the kind of thing that you would tell folks that haven't really had much kind of um, exposure to the Quran. And, uh, you know, it's a nice class. Or not even a class, it's only like four hours-ish. The third is deception. So Al-Maghrib's class now is back on, right? We haven't had a class for a while. Proper class, I mean. Weekend class. So uh, Sheikh Saad Taslim is going to be here. That's not this weekend, it's next weekend. Yeah? Tell him I'm going to be in Medina giving my salams. But uh, a lot of people will be going from here because he's very good at that younger demographic as well. And uh, the subject is an important one. Deception is a, f a complete study of Iblis. Proper one. Not a black one, proper one. So that, where, where's the location? Salford University. University as well, yeah. So almaghrib.org slash Manchester. Have they, they just done the thing, yeah? Slash deception, all right? And LP students get discount and all the rest of it as well, all right? Don't know why. CMA, CMA. CMA, yes. For all the people online, try blagging it, all right? <laughs> if you want a deception, you see Bilal here. Huh? Uh, Officer Yaha there, you can see those guys. And um, so yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, uh, I'd recommend that highly. All right, folks, so that's the, your immediate, your immediate, um, your immediate announcements. So that's the time, that's deception, that's dominion. All right, let's do some questions. So let's take it from the bottom first. Um Layla says, when is it compulsory for a young girl to start praying? Is it upon the first time that she has any spotting or for when she has her first full Period. Yeah, spotting itself is period, right? We don't consider spotting to be anything other than period. So once she is spotting, that means that she's going through her menses. Uh, a, a young girl only ever spots or floods. It's all over the place. That's the whole point, right? And there's such a lack of clarity and it remains for a good couple of months. And that is the... Uh, nature of the obligatory aspect of the prayer according to the vast majority of scholars well done Simon for the link all right Rafael says according to the class position if there are two people in the second soft and a gap opens in the first soft does one of them fill the gap in the first soft because a person left alone in a second soft has a reason to be standing alone i.e. no space in front it's an excellent question and personally I think that's not obligated to fill that soft. Which is not an answer consistent with what we've been studying. Right? Because if it was being consistent, then it was exactly as Simon said, and as Rafia said, that you should fulfill that, that, that soft and don't worry about yeah, any the person uh, behind. Um, and I, pre I prefer that. But do I think it's obligatory? 
Do I think it's obligatory to put that person in a situation now where they feel like, you know, and people looking at that person and all the rest of it and so on and so forth? I don't feel very comfortable with that. Like if that other person did that to you, what would you feel like kind of thing? Well, you kind of, or maybe you could possibly do it for a third person. If there's, if, there's, if, if there's three of you, you mean? No, there's two, and the third person will then fill it. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, but I mean, there's no doubt about that. But the question really is like exactly what she says. There's only two of you. But, but in terms of his salat, his, his would still be okay, wouldn't it? Because he started the congregation and he kind of made Correct. It. This is not about now the validity of the prayer. Yeah. This is about whether we have fulfilled the obligation of the, 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 the caveat, the surrounding obligations of the prayer, experience as such. It's not going to affect the individual nature of the prayer. This is to do with sin now. This is to do with reward now. This is not to do with the, this is outside of the prayer. It's not to do with the intrinsics of the prayer. Yeah. The Imam and two people behind. Then that person has to go and then stand next to the Imam. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, John. So, you know, you mentioned about not taking more than two steps. What is the fastest? You know, like in Medina, you know, you sometimes have to walk. Yeah, yeah. So this is an important question. I mean, what are the limits? And there aren't any limits. You see, even the people that said two steps, that they said two steps because. If a person spends a whole prayer walking, which you could very easily do in a place like the Haram or Medina, you could easily just carry on doing that, then it just, it just turns into some kind of joke. And so there is an arbitrary sense of responsibility that each person should have. I'll fill a gap, I'll fill two, and that's it. There's no magic number or magic number of steps. The, the, it's just kind of trying to protect certain principles. The most important of all the principles is that you must always look like you're praying. Yeah. The second is, is that the whole prayer should not be dominated by just movement. So it's a feeling as opposed to a hard, fast rule. There is no hard, fast step number. And there's no limit to how late in the prayer you can... And there's also no limit to... That's a very good question as well. Like if a person right in the fourth rakah was to make a space... You wouldn't say to yourself, ah, oh, well, I've done most of the prayer like what I am. I'm not moving. No. It's about number of movements and significant movements across the prayer and how at the end of the prayer you're going to sign how you're going to assess the nature of your prayer, not the timing of when it happens. That's a good question. There. Yeah, see. About movement, movement in prayer and indicating to people, are you allowed to ask people to come so the gap looks to you? Another time in movement? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that there is uh, some space to put your hand to indicate, you know, here, I want you to be here, or to gently hold the person and to pull them towards you if they're not doing it themselves. There's space for these minimal movements. And is your prayer affected negatively if there's a space where other people are not filling it in? That you can't deal with yourself? No. That you can't deal with yourself? No. What do you do when you realize after joining the road that the person next to you is not praying with a jama'ah but praying on their own? What, what can you do? I mean, it's just one of those. I mean, you can't do anything then. Can we, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? You can't do anything. Further to a girl spotting, uh, when she should uh, uh, ask that when she could no longer cross in front of her male family members who are praying. No, this is not to do with spotting. 
uh, only a baby is allowed to do that all right anyone which is like four five six seven that kind of thing where they've got uh, ability to understand and whatever they shouldn't be doing that all right it's not to do with spotting per se this is the ruling of not crossing a prayer is not linked to becoming a post-pubescent adult it's to do with people not understanding what it means to walk in front of the prayer Uh, but that's because of people to walk through yeah, yeah. and they can't practically do it to the side they, can, but they there must be some wisdom behind it though mm. they've probably gone through it because there's absolutely no doubt that they are obligated to leave that gap on the side mm. and then that's not a gap anymore it's not a gap okay. right that is the natural end of the road because there's no other way for people to go back and forth mm. right the position is in the wrong place like this masjid here right it's not allowed to have this set up unless the exits at the front for example mm. so that's not a gap and it can't be in the middle of the line because it's not just about the breaking of the line it's the disturbance of everybody mm. whereas keeping it to one side people know then i don't want to end up on that side and whatever but if it's in the middle nobody got any control over it so it shouldn't be it can't be in fact the only time it's allowed for that gap to be in the middle of the lines is because it can't be at the end for some reason. Right, well, there needs to be spoken to and you know, in a way and say that this is not permissible to have the gap in the middle. It needs to be to the side unless it's, you know, really can't be done. Thana, uh, when you wash your face because it has soap on it, can you wash it off for both intentions, washing it off and doing wudu? That's permissible. That's permissible at that time. If one person is doing their Fajr Salah and the Sunnah Salah and the other per... Oh, Fard Salah. Huh? And the other person only does their Fard Salah. Haha, <laughs> just generally. Okay, so one person does sun Fard and Sunnah, the other person does Fard. Does the first person who does their Fard Salah and Sunnah get more, more reward if they, if they go out and do the same deed? than the other person, even though they both have the same high intention. And it, the, I think as I answered the question is that if there's a person that does more of the sunnah, more of the deen, they're more practicing, yeah? Versus another person that is only doing the minimum, therefore not as practicing, does the first one get more reward in another act that they do? And I don't see the reason why that would be, no. The, uh, it might be consequentially more reward because if they're more practicing then they'll be looking for more details and they might, might do more aspects correctly but you know intrinsic actual more reward for that i don't see the evidence for that i was once asked by an elderly auntie uh, who was sitting ready to pray on a chair in a side room at the ladies entrance and she couldn't go up the stairs to the ladies section was it correct for me to stay downstairs and pray with her or should I have gone to the main section? You should have gone to the main section. There's no respect in this and that. Okay, this has nothing to do with respect. She's not disrespected. Only the people who are silly have disrespected her. We don't care about those people. So she doesn't need your respect. All right? She, you need to go and do what's required. She's not disrespected. Where an absent father after divorce chooses not to provide any maintenance for their child, is there an obligation on the mother to pursue that money on behalf of the right of the child? Correct, yes that is. 
Or can you just choose to maintain the child yourself and leave the absent parent to be um, accountable for themselves? Correct. The obligation is because you don't have the ability to do the act that you're not obligated to. But if you are able to do it and you then are not going to bother yourself uh, uh, helping that person out, because when we say chasing them, you're helping that person out. And you're helping that person out so to avoid them sinning because the, and also the kid from getting what's obligated to them. But if the kid can be dealt with because you are being charity upon them, then you don't need to care about the sin nature or lack thereof of the other person. That's their own problem. You've got to tell them once, of course. And then after that, good luck to them. All right, folks. Just the last yep. If you're in the fourth rakah and someone leaves the prayer. If you're in the fourth rakah. In your final rakah, you don't sleep. You've done or haven't? No, you're in it. You're in your last tashahud, about to make the slim in a jama'ah. Yeah, and there's a gap created. You're no, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. The yeah, yeah. So, so, so this is the same as you know whether you're in a sajda or whether you're in, if you're in a position, if you're in a position where, um, like, we don't have any narrations that show the filling of a gap in a manner in which a person's got to crawl or you know. You can't get up. Yeah, I mean, like that, for example, shuffle, for example, or, or, or whatever. Now, it could be argued, but what's the difference between shuffling and taking a step? There's not much difference, frankly, except that one's been narrated and the other one hasn't. You know what I'm saying? Um, because to get up, and then that would be completely unacceptable. So then a person's saying, okay, I'm not going to get up. Shuffling, why can't I shuffle? And there's not a strong argument against it, except that it's not been narrated and it kind of goes back to John, John's question which is that when it comes to some of these questions there's a bit of common sense almost to be used like what does this look like and this is where we use the the, the, the asal uh, from the usul al-fiqh of al-urf muhakkam al-urf muhakkam from the qawaid fiqhiyya or the yani, uh, basic principles that establish maxims is that Common customs have a heavy, have a legal reality as well. Meaning that in the absence of legal evidence, people's general sensitivities and sensibilities are to be considered. And if people would like say, bro, what's going on? That is an emotional statement, it's not a legal fact. But in the absence of legal evidence, their distaste or dislike of something is to be given whatever. And there's absolutely no doubt. You ask people off the bat, should I f fill up a gap while I'm in tashahud, shuffling forward? People are going to be like, what the fish? You know what I'm saying? Now that's not a legal argument by itself, but in this scenario, in the absence of a legal argument, we go with it. And Allah knows best. Alright guys, Jazakumullahu khaira. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shahadu wa la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilaik wa salam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.